smooth like grape jelly. Not what I think of when I think of smooth. <laughs> I don't know. I had <laughs> jelly on my toast this morning, and it's all I could think of. Smooth like a baboon's ass. <laughs> Covered in jelly. <laughs> we, we've already made a smooth brain joke recently. I won't, I won't do that again. Smooth like Zach's brain. <laughs> you still playing your Game Boy, Zach? You know, I just spent $1,000 on modern consoles, and I'm playing on a... <laughs> Game Boy from two, <laughs> 2003. Oh, so, man. You know, that's just the way I roll. They're fancy, fancy uh, uh, decorations in the living room. <laughs> yeah. You mean one alien one alien spaceship and one shoebox? Yeah, one, basically. One uh, Seto Kaiba and one uh, 2001 Space Odyssey thing. The, the gaming monolith. <laughs> yes. Really powerful Netflix boxes is what they've yeah. actually become. Oh, yeah. They actually put the connect inside the xbox series x this time so now it talks to you well hello and welcome to episode 22 of the co-hops podcast I'm Nick, your host for this week, and I'm joined as always by Zach. Hello. And Garrett. Howdy, howdy. And Zach brings us the beer of the episode this week from our friends in Oregon. This one is really weird and really interesting. I am really excited for this, so why don't you tell us what it is? Um, So this is uh, by way of our friends from Oregon, or I guess I don't really understand that saying. Is it by way of our friends from Oregon from North Dakota, or is it from North Dakota? Like how? What's, oh. what's the proper way to say that, Nick? That's true. It is from from North Dakota by way of. Okay. Oregon. There we go. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is from this is from Drecker Brewing Company out of Fargo, North Dakota, and this wow. is the brains with a lot of A's, uh, double fruit smoothie uh, sour ale smoothie sour it's um it's pretty interesting so like they've been raving about this to us for a while now uh they can get it where they're at and we can't get it where we're at and so it's i see posts from them a lot online and they'll send me pictures of these uh brains that they're drinking and these other drecker brews and they all look so tasty and i had uh long wanted to try one and uh chip was kind enough to mail me one (laughs) you know uh, sometime last year, I don't remember when, and it, and I, it was just a single can, and I drank it, and I was like, "This is so fucking good." And um, he, you know, w- there was a, I think we've mentioned that Nick and I uh, play Hero Clicks, and there was a tournament coming up recently, uh, just past this this last weekend, and so I told him, I was like, "Hey, if you can get three cans for me to do for the show, like please do so, and I will pay them." Uh, or I'll pay you for them or trade you beer for them, which is what, what we ended up doing. I traded him some local beers. And, uh, yeah, so this is what we got. We got the uh, the brains, like I said, double fruit smoothie sour. Um, the flavors change uh, frequently. So the one that we're drinking is the strawberry, blueberry, and banana. Interesting. So there's only one available at a time. It's not like you have a choice of them? You know, I'm not entirely sure. This is a different flavor than the one that – I had before and it's different flavor than the one that's currently listed on their website. So oh, I fun. assume it's probably seasonally based because they do use real fruit in there. Um, it even says on the can like, Hey, make sure you refrigerate these. Cause 
you know, this does contain a significant amount of fruit. So yeah, uh, it, maybe it's seasonal. I have no idea to be honest, but yeah. Um, I guess just real quick, the description from their website. Well, actually, Garrett, you said you got this from Untapped because their website didn't have it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. This uh, this double. This is fruit, the official official, <laughs> the super official. This double fruit smoothie sour is stuffed with blueberry, strawberry, and banana, and then we splooshed it with our double secret <laughs> smoothie treatment of sea salt, lactose, and vanilla beans. And I don't like splooshed in there; it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I just think of Pam from Archer every time somebody says sploosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink. You guys talk because I saw you both drink it. Fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It just yeah. tastes like a, a fruit smoothie. I taste zero alcohol at all and like yeah. a little tiny hint of sour. But if I could get these, I I think that this might be the only alcoholic beverage I drink. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, this is this is really good. So this reminds me, there's a bar in town called the Red Light that uh, they have three drink specials every day, um, or at least they have three drink specials at all times. And one of them is a uh, uh, a some I forget their name for it. Uh, maybe a slush, but it is a like slushy frozen thing. Mm-hmm. And this just reminds me of one of those. Oh, it's man. just so fruity and thick and yeah it's like um it's like an odd walla smoothie but it has beer in it but you could have fooled me so i i really like this this is amazing yeah it's extremely good and uh you know the we don't talk much about the can arts here on the episode i think we did a little more early on but this has some really uh kind of both disgusting but also extremely colorful can art of this skull yeah. and the brains with a little like superman curl on top what uh, it looks like is like a soft serve ice cream yeah, there you go yeah i think yeah. that might be what they're getting at yeah and um i can't actually i was just looking at the can to see if i could find what the abv is it doesn't actually say it anywhere that i can see but at least their more current one on their website listed at 7.3 percent. so it's not you know nothing um, yeah. It's actually decently, um, you know, high for something this, like Garrett said, you can't really taste the alcohol much. And so, no. Yeah. If anything, it tastes kind of like rum, like a rum drink. Yeah, kind of. Uh, because it is sweeter and fruitier. Yeah. I like on the side of the can, it lists their, uh, the malt, the hops, the flora, but it also says gimmicks, which I really enjoy. <laughs> and it says strawberry, Fair. more strawberry, blueberry, more blueberry, banana, more banana. Sea salt, lactose, vanilla beans. So Mm. they're really, uh, you know, if that doesn't give you an indication listening to this of how fruity this is, uh, I don't think anything will. But it's, it tastes like an alcoholic smoothie. It's so good. It's so good. It's dangerous. I might have to start like a a whole uh, logistics train of getting this stuff from from where Chip lives up here. Man, this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's always sending me pictures of the various different ones. I know that he's uh, fortunate enough to live in a place where they have a pretty diverse beer selection. Um, you know, we are mm-hmm. as well, but theirs is a little bit different. And so they're getting a lot of these Drecker brews. And some of the ones he sent me um, that are not brains uh, also look really tasty. So, you know, I think Drecker is just knocking it out of the park with, with their creations at the moment. So And like Rogue has their weird gimmick beers. But 
this having natural ingredients uh, makes it sing that much more. Like this, this is a gimmick I can get behind for All sure. Right. Podcast goal: uh, we scrounge up enough money for the three of us to go on a on a co-hops trip to Drecker Brewing. Yeah. To go to Fargo? <laughs> yeah, go to Fargo. All right. See all the places from the movie and the show, too. Mm-hmm. As long as I get to visit the brewery before I end up in the wood chipper, I'm happy. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so thanks, Chip, for uh, for setting these aside um, and yeah. hooking us awesome. up because this is delicious. I'm very happy to finally share one of these with, with the podcast and with the listeners. And so. Yeah, if you can get this, get it. We are Juice Boys for Life. <laughs> juice boys for life uh yes yeah wonderful well we'll check in on this but i don't think i think the hardest part us... about this is gonna be not drinking it all super fast yeah same mm-hmm. <laughs> garrett's like oh i'm out <laughs> i'm well no i'm not out but i like my can is all the way emptied into my uh into my glass now so i'm what kind approaching of the danger it, zone um the hubbly bubbly i don't know it's, it's a glass <laughs> it's kind of flared on the i, yeah, I need the you top. to give me the the uh, very wordy description of what type of glass you're using oh yeah oh. beer advocate would be ashamed oh i got it it's the fluted go fuck yourself <laughs> Fantastic. Uh. and i'm just using the same pint glass i use for absolutely everything well not everything don't forget that's true you did use your little let's i forget <laughs> a very tiny candy because i'll never let uh, you mason forget jar. So. Absolutely. I've got to bring that back for the next time we do something big and strong that I want to take. <laughs> the uh, next shot, time we so. have a barrel-aged stout, you can, yeah. get a, you can drink it out of that. Yeah, he can do power hour uh, with a single <laughs> bottle and a little candy jar. Yeah, set a timer for every minute of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just dunk it. There you go. Amazing. Uh, well, I doubt our opinions are going to change very much uh, from this lofty... Uh, lofty view of this beer because it is amazing um but we'll check in again with it later um and in the meantime zach why don't you enlighten us as to what you've been doing this week for me it's uh gaming plane wise it's been more of the same of what i've been talking about the last two weeks i'm still gr- slowly grinding my way through dragon uh quest slash warrior 2 on the game boy color um i've hit a part where the it seems like the encounters have gotten significantly more difficult um, to Uh-oh. the point where, like, I had one of my characters just get one shot and die. And I was like, oh, God, oh. OK. It wasn't Gary, right? It was Gary. Fuck Gary. Damn it. Gary is. Uh. <laughs> As I, I, I was looking online to be like, OK, so what kind of because I'm I'm I, I may have explained this before, but I am unabashedly just cheating my way through with guides. I'm not. Well, I guess cheating is the wrong word. I'm I'm using guides just nonstop in this game because I have no desire to figure it out on my own. But Fair. um I looked up online like what's the best gear that I should have for everybody? Because I'm towards the end of the game. I'm I'm pretty close. And so I want to make sure I've I've got good gear on everyone. And and one comment I read on Reddit said that the the Prince of Canock, who mine is named Gary, uh his he's got a special power of just dying. <laughs> so apparently that's not uncommon for him to just die a lot because he's worse at combat than the main character and he's worse at magic than the princess. And so he's just kind of this in-between shitty character. So Oh, terrible. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's, I mean, I don't really have anything more to say on the game than I've already said. It's 
old, it's grindy as fuck, and it's not really that good. But I'm forcing my way through it. Just wait till you get to four. Four is amazing. Well, I've heard Five three is, is good. I've heard three yeah. is where it, where it starts to get good. Four gets you know improves, and then five is is like the the five's the pinnacle. one of the best games of all time in terms yeah. of JRPGs. So, absolutely, I yeah, it is up there uh, approaching Final Fantasy six. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to those eventually. I'm gonna take a break from Dragon Quest after I finish this one though. Um, <laughs> Just because I have other games I want to play, and I'm, you know, not uh, wanting to just k- grind my way through eleven games in a row. So, uh, the only other thing I've been playing was I I played a little bit of Chrono Trigger because I finally got the battery replaced in it, so I can save. And fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I just when I go to lay down for bed, I've got my CRT in my room, and I just flip it on and grab my my Super Nintendo controller and lay down in my bed and play it for like a half hour. So, um. I'm nice. having a good time. Looks great. Sounds great on the CRT, obviously. And uh, it's, I mean, it's a great game. Uh, we've, yeah. we've lauded it many times in the past. <laughs> Don't need to, to expand on that any further. But It's a comfort game. Yeah, it's great. It's I love it. Um, I'm going to try, and now that I can save, I'm going to try and see if I can do all of the endings that I didn't do when I played through it the first time. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them, so we'll see. And they're easy to get on New Game Plus because it's yeah. basically just um, when you fight the final boss because you can choose to at any point after a certain point in the story. Yep. So yeah. what you leave undone is the stuff that determines what the ending is. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention for this is there's a really cool game slash movie on Kickstarter that I stumbled across via Twitter, and I can't remember how, but uh, somebody I follow uh, linked it, and I took a look, and it's it looks really neat. And it's called Citra Acra, and their tagline is, it's a movie and a video game. And uh, <laughs> it's it's cool. It's um So I don't know if I will like it necessarily because it is a horror uh, movie and a horror game. But the twist is that the game is like a, I don't know, like a Commodore 64 style game. So it's, it's not going to be scary. Haunted computer game. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. It's um, about a cursed video game that vanished in 1985 and, and what happens with that. And then the game, the cursed game itself is going to be developed and, if you support the Kickstarter, you can get the game. And so I so I pl- think I pledged it $25, which gets me the game and uh, the movie that I can watch. So, well, yeah. I'll make And I'm going to do that. I'll watch the scary movie and you play the game and then I'll <laughs> tell you what was in the movie. You don't have to tell me about the game. Uh, yeah. No, so I, I don't know if Nick ended up um, pledging to it or not, but I, I thought this looked like a very Nick thing. And so I tagged him in the Twitter post and, yeah, I haven't yet, but I will probably also at the the twenty five dollar level. Um, it's pretty cool. In the article, they go through uh, like what they're going for with the the movie, and they name check both Cronenbergs, um, Brandon and David, um, Videodrome and Possessor are two of my favorite movies, and they're both. Uh, mentioned here as big inspirations and they talk about some of the technical stuff that they're using some like rotoscoping and digitizing uh, stuff that looks really cool so the tech of this is really interesting uh and yeah i'm i'm really excited for this i uh even 
no matter how much I end up liking the game, which looks pretty fun. It looks like an action platformer sort of deal. Um, a la say, um, Castlevania, but, uh, I think the movie will be especially cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for this. This is a hundred percent my jam. And so thank you for, uh, showing it to me and thanks to whoever showed it to you. Yeah, I can't, oh man, I wish I could remember where I saw it, but yeah, I'm glad that I stumbled across it because it looks uh, really neat and it's kind of cool that like, um, you know, there's been a couple of these uh, takes on like a multi, I, I guess, well, how would you, like a multi-format experience? Transmedia, Transmedia experience thank you. is what, uh, oh God, I can't remember who, uh, who came up with that, but um, I think... Gosh, there was some sci-fi show that also had a pseudo MMO video game, and I think that was the marketing buzzword Defiance. that was used to promote Defiance, that. Defiance, yes, yep. yes. Garrett knew immediately what it was because his roommate played a lot of it. <laughs> I played it. I played and was I played with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I when I first saw Outriders, I thought, "Is this just Defiance again?" Yeah, and it kind of was. Oh, what a shame! I finished it though. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. um. You know, there's been a couple of these I think of as well. Uh, Quantum Break with its like TV show <laughs> tie-in thing, and then Defiance, as you said, was the other one that came to mind. And um, the you know it's been varying levels of success. I think that The Matrix has you know two been, video games. The video games are like partly canon, so that's you know I guess sort of a take on it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's always it's a cool idea. Um, I think that. It has the potential to be really cool. It could also be absolutely trash. So uh, <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that's um, the thing with Kickstarter. You never really know. Yeah. But I, I think it's fun. Monster it's... Hunter board game. <laughs> <laughs> One day. It's not. Um, I think it, it says like December of next year is when it's going to be estimated delivery. So it's, there's a ways to go. I think the Kickstarter has like 13 days to go. So unfortunately, by the time you hear this, it won't be it'll be passed so yeah but we've tweeted about it and maybe we'll tweet about it again uh so hopefully you will see those by the time it's uh it's over um but yeah december of next year is not too bad as far as kickstarters are concerned i'm used to video game kickstarters that are like two or three years out oh that's how it was for me for sea of stars i backed that game like within the first week it came out it was like a two-year wait and it's like i'm still waiting it's coming next year and so it's like it's so (laughs) painful and i i the only thing i have kickstarted so far is torment tides of numenera i think it's called the spiritual successor to planescape torment and i still haven't actually played it that's cool (laughs) but one day um i guess real fast before i move on because i have nothing else to mention but um, the the game itself is being developed by Brandon Rod- Rodriguez of Salt and Pixel. Um, I don't know anything that they've done, unfortunately, but um, mm. it's supposed to very specifically uh, mimic like the Commodore sixty four look and feel. Um, so it'll be very old school feeling. And then the director of this is Levi Buchanan, um, who I am not familiar with. Um, but it's got um it looks like maybe some decent names for a movie of this caliber like their their goal is only like $40,000 so it's not yeah. like which if you're familiar with movie budgets is 
basically nothing. Basically nothing. But it's that got pays like, for the actors to eat for one <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. Um, I thought that was cool and worth shouting out. I backed it, and um, hopefully, uh, some of you backed it as well. Oh, yeah. I guess r- real fast, worth mentioning is I think in the in the Kickstarter, they mentioned that uh, Damon Hatfield of Game Scoop, he's the host of Game Scoop, and he works for IGN, is uh, he also makes music, and I think he's going to be making some music for this. That's so very cool. That, that I thought that was kind of neat uh, crossover because I, I'm a pretty avid Game Scoop listener, so. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of something. Um, I, uh, if if you don't mind, uh, Garrett, I'll s- skip into my stuff next because I've got uh-huh. a couple of news things. Um, but speaking of music, uh, the second episode of Delta Rune, the sequel to Undertale, just came out, um, and uh, Lena Rain, the composer for Celeste, did some music for for that, which is very very cool. Um, so I don't. Can you very quickly explain what Delta Rune is for like me? Because it's I really enjoyed <laughs> Undertale, but I I did not look at Delta Rune. I know it exists, and that is the extent of what I know. I. I played a, a little bit of the first chapter. I bounced off of it a little bit, partly because I knew I wasn't going to get story closure um, because it's episode one of five. Oh, and, okay. uh, and also it's it's pretty brutal emotionally starting out because you are basically suffering bullying for half an hour straight and i decided i didn't i didn't want to deal with this but it is is sort of a like monster high school uh sort of theme um and it's visually very similar to uh to undertale it is not immediately recognizable as connected um but it has a similar aesthetic and it's definitely in the same world um like it it is just going into the lives of the monsters from that that world rather than having you be a human entering into the world of monsters from that perspective um well the first episode was free is the second one free as well or they yes okay yeah so episode two is free uh episodes three through five um toby fox the creator of undertale and delta rune has said will come out all at the same time and will cost something um something your soul yeah, he uh I don't think he gave any official numbers cuz it's a ways out, but it will be a little more premium than Undertale, which was just a little more premium than free. Yeah, well, more premium than Undertale specifically, which was just 15 or 20 dollars, but um it sounds like it's going to be a lot longer than Undertale too. So, hmm. um Interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out that that just came out like a few days ago as of recording. Celeste um, is a game I haven't played a lot of, but the soundtrack's really fantastic, so. Yes, it's one of those games where it's hard for me to motivate myself to get through how difficult it is. Um but I should Gotta get all them strawberries, Nick. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Gotta get them all. Uh man. Um and I guess to to touch on other news, um there was a Final Fantasy fourteen, what they call a live letter. It is a live stream a uh, quote letter from the producers. It is uh, Naoki Yoshida, the um, main producer for Final Fantasy XIV, talking about the state of the game and what's coming up. 
Um, and this one was all about the changes that are happening to the various jobs and to the combat systems in general for the next expansion, which is coming out in November. Um, that game is amazing, and they're doing some cool stuff. Some classes got more love than others. Um, Garrett will be happy that Paladin got some really cool-looking new uh, special effects with billions of giant swords yeah, it's falling gonna be from great. the sky. I'm going to be a paladin on the moon and no one can stop me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Endwalker on the moon, uh, which if that doesn't sell you on this game, what will? Um, I'm not sold. Th- so, well, they're, they're doing something very cool that I'm excited for. And that my partner is excited for as a caster player. Um, they're basically remaking the summoner class, which previously was more of a like life magic sort of class with a lot of damage over time stuff like bio and miasma. Um, but they're removing all the dots and they're letting you summon primals. Um, so, uh, Ifrit, Titan and Garuda are going to be like summonable parts of your rotation and they change the, the impacts. (laughs) Not, not quite, but it's a similar, I believe the Garuda are named after Garuda, the, the, Oh gosh, I forget what mythology it's from, but it's a bird lady who controls the wind. Mm-hmm. Um and precisely. Yeah. Must be from the f- flying spaghetti monster religion. <laughs> I think it's Mesopotamian or something. But um anyway, those uh those primals who are the main like boss summons that you fight during the base game a realm reborn uh are now summonable parts of your rotation rather than you just getting aspects of them that become your pets um and they change the way that your spells work and it looks really really cool um so i'm excited to see how that ends up um this live stream was seven hours long so maybe look for some highlights i watched the first two hours of it live and then i went to bed um because it started at 7 p.m but um yeah that's seven hour live not gonna lie 100 i 100 percent expected that you were gonna say you watched the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) no i uh they had a powerpoint that they were referring to over the course of it and i read the whole powerpoint but yeah they they took their time they showed off some of the new classes like they showed off some gameplay for reaper um which looks really cool it's lord yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have your little, like, dark companion that you summon that does scythe attacks with you. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. They they showed it off with a Lalafell character, who are basically the gnomes of this game. They're really short. Yeah, that's what I made. And really cute. Uh, and so this super edgy, cute potato of a creature. That's why Zach stopped playing. He made a potato. Yeah. I didn't even get far <laughs> enough to, to know that they were a potato. <laughs> uh they're great um but yeah so check that out if you have any interest in final fantasy 14 uh and are picking it up maybe check out this live letter to see or at least the the highlights of it to see if the changes are gonna make any difference in the class that you pick up like monk is changing pretty significantly they're getting some added complexity in some ways and removing some complexity in others so um yeah, worth uh, worth looking at. 
for anyone interested in the game. Uh, also, it's it was just fun. Like Naoki Yoshida has a great sense of humor, and he uh, he was fielding questions from the chat, which included, "Why do you look so sleepy or angry?" And he said, "That's just my face. That's just how I look." <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer that you could ever get. That's the most on- honest answer you could give. It's yeah. just my face. Yeah. <laughs> Secretly inside, he's like, "Please, Square, stop working me so hard." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think he also said, like, we're three months from release. What do you expect me to look like? Crunch. (laughs) Yay. Uh, But as far as things I have actually put my hands on, uh, I played almost all of Deathloop. I was uh, telling Garrett before the show that I'm tired of seeing news about Deathloop. (laughs) Just because (laughs) it's it's, it's dominating everything. everything And, and like, it's a game I want to play, but I'm tired of seeing the headlines. (laughs) Yeah, which which makes sense. Um, it has been all over, but it's been all over for good reason, because it's fantastic. Um, it is a game a lot like Hades that really plays with the fact that it's a video game and the fact that you're dying and coming back and uses that as part of the story, uh, which I think is super cool. Basically, the premise is that you play as a guy named Colt who wakes up on a beach not knowing who he is, and he very quickly discovers through exploring this island that he has been here for a long time, he just doesn't remember it, and that every day um, the island, like when overnight the island resets and repeats the same day over and over again. And Colt is one of only two people who actually remembers the, uh, well, that's not true. You encounter other, other things that, that remember, but that comes up later. But basically it's just you and this woman who is hunting you, uh, Juliana who remember, and you want to break the time loop. Uh, and Juliana wants to stop you from doing that. Um, and so you, uh, you have, four different parts of the island that you can go to and there are four different times of day morning noon afternoon and evening and you can choose to go to any of those places at at any time and uh the way that time advances is when you go to one of those places and come back so it's not like you have 30 minutes in this area and then time advances it's you can take as long as you want to to explore and different things will be available at different times um and uh this is something that you encounter early on the kind of point of the game um the so i don't feel bad spoiling it but the way that you break the loop is by killing all of the uh these they call them visionaries they're um they're the people who kind of engineered the time loop and in doing so they made themselves sort of an anchor for it and so when you kill them all uh the loop will become unanchored and it'll end uh and so the but it resets every day so you have to find a way to kill them all in one loop um and so instead of having you progress in a linear sort of fashion like uh i should mention this is from the same team as dishonored and it feels a lot like dishonored um but instead of dishonored arcane studios yes arcane leon uh specifically uh because they've gotten much bigger now um but uh they instead of having individual levels where you have a target and that's the level you have that 
but you have basically 16 different levels um, because each of the four places ha is different each of the four time periods. Uh, and you have to, f you spend your, your loops uh, finding information that will let you more efficiently go about it and you're sort of building the perfect loop. Um, and so mm -hmm. the point I'm at is where I've collected all the information I need and I know how to do the perfect loop. I just need to execute it. Um, so I'm very, very close to the end. Uh, and I have been loving the heck out of it. Is it <laughs> a uh, first-person game? It is. So functionally, it's very similar to Dishonored. Um, it is first-person, and you have a weapon in your right hand. And uh, you can dual-wield weapons if you like, but you can also equip... Uh, special powers in your left hand you have a hacking tool but you also uh, can uh, by killing these visionaries most of them have a special power that's signature to them uh, that's kept on a little metal slab and you can pick up that slab off of their corpse when you kill them and then get their power um, interesting and one of them is just straight up blink from dishonored it's it's called shift this time around but mm. um uh, the the sort of twist to this is that uh, I mentioned Juliana, who is hunting you. Um, randomly, uh, I don't think it can happen during the first segment of the day. I don't think it can happen during the morning. But um, in any of the other times, uh, you will occasionally see on the screen, Juliana is on the hunt. And that means that... Uh, Someone has Dark Souls style invaded your game playing as Juliana and is trying to hunt you down. Oh, cool. Uh, and so, so some sort of multiplayer aspect to it. That's neat. Yeah, which is kind of fun. It's a cat and mouse sort of sort of game. And it made me upset at first because I was building for PVE and I was building for the specific uh, circumstances of the levels that I was going into and the assassination mission and so I was unprepared when I had to face somebody who I couldn't like stealth around because they're a player they can see me right. um, and uh, and I, I was upset for a little while until I realized I can just devote some of my build to being resilient to invaders and then I will have a lot more fun and actually engage with this really interesting, unique part of the game. Or just turn the internet off. That's true. So what <laughs> what you can do, and you don't even have to do that, um, you can set it to either anyone can invade you or only friends can invade you. Or I'm buying it's a just PS5 a... tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Gareth's just going to sit there. Next plane, time to invade. Yeah. Taking all uh, my vacation. <laughs> I will sit and wait. Excellent. Um, you think I've heard some pretty end? fun. You're not at the end yet. <laughs> yeah, it does really throw you off because if you if you have a plan that you want to execute, you kind of have to put that on hold while you just fend off this attacker uh, and look out for them wherever they could be. Um, but yeah, you can also set it to just be AI controlled. You can't turn the invasions off, but you can have it be AI, which is a lot more dumb than humans, as you might expect. That's cool. Yeah, I've heard this This game looks really cool, and it sounds really cool, and it's something I definitely want to play. Um, I just have to find the time to do so because my backlog is absurd, and uh, so I will wait on buying this game. But um, I look forward to picking it up at some point um, because it does sound really cool, and Dishonored is a game that I never finished, but I really, really enjoyed what I played of it. 
And this, this I think, is more approachable than Dishonored because it allows for failure a lot more than Dishonored does. Dishonored will give you worse endings the more people you kill. Uh, whereas oh God. this, in that case, my ending would have been horrible. I killed yeah. so many people when I was yeah. playing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Your your uh, Dishonored takes place in a world that is uh, beset by plague and a rat problem and the more people you kill the more bodies you're contributing to the rat problem oh that's and clever so that's you cool. get a worse ending like um that. but this game you have to kill people um i mean the whole point is to kill Can't the, just shake their hand the and be like hey i need you to just like off yourself homie yeah <laughs> your slab uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah you you have to kill people that's the way that you solve a lot of problems and you are not really given any non-lethal modes of uh assault um but all these people come back at the end of the day so it's more so you don't have not... to feel bad until you beat the game and they never come <laughs> back again exactly assuming um, they don't come back i guess i don't know i never played the game yeah but you gotta yeah. watch out for the time loop inside the time loop whoa and um, then the big moon comes down and eats the world. Yes. <laughs> the moon that my paladin is on. He's riding yes. it into battle. <laughs> Woo! He's riding it Dr. Strangelove style. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's pretty liberating being able to kill indiscriminately, uh, having played the Dishonored games and basically not interfaced with any of the weapons beyond the non-lethal options because I wanted the best ending. Um it's it's kind of fun to be able to go loud and to be able to make better use of the full range of powers because I wasn't just going for one very specific playstyle. So I do have one question. I have heard there have been some technical problems with this game. Have you encountered anything? Not really. Um, I, I think it's mainly on PC. I don't think. Yeah, it really I have heard of it mostly on PC, but I did hear on PS5 of some people were having issues with their system, like locking up. So I had one one issue where I somehow soft locked the game by uh, opening a menu and interacting with something at the same time. I'm pretty sure is what happened, uh, and so I was in the game world, but I had the menu cursor up and I could, couldn't interact with anything. So I just had to quit out and uh, and come back into the game. But that was the only issue that I've had so far. Okay. Um, it's not an issue. It's a feature. It's just what <laughs> yeah. PlayStation 5 does. You give it more than one thing to do, and it crashes. Yeah, it's, yeah, sometimes yeah. it happens, unfortunately. I've had mine hard lock a number of times, just not even playing games, just literally because my kids will you know add switch between hulu and netflix and amazon prime and spotify <laughs> like too quickly for and it'll be like ah and it'll just like lock up <laughs> <laughs> the only problem i have with the series x so far is that um the main menu is not in 4k so it like <laughs> blinks and then when you go to an app or a game that has 4k it like it's really bright and really noticeable and then you hit the the home button and you go back home and your tv like spazzes out it blinks and goes back to the 1080p menu they're working on it but that's weird i have not had that problem one that's of those funny. things no it 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 happens because you have a mm-hmm. if you have a 4k tv yeah it, yeah it'll it will blink you probably don't notice it yeah, but, I didn't think about it, but I recall it now that you... Now I'm going to have to go mess with it after we're done recording and be like, ah, oh, <laughs> blink yeah. for me! Yeah, but I'd rather <laughs> blink than lock the console, so I'm good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it, funnily enough, my my PS5 is only locked up when it's not been playing games. So, and I haven't <laughs> and, had and that then it issue yells really at me at too. It yells at me when I have to restart. It's like, hey, you dumb idiot! Next time, turn the console off correctly. I'm like, motherfucker, it's your fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't really had that issue, and I think this was a game problem rather than a PS5 problem because it was the game menu that I was uh, opening. Yeah, that's, that's super so, weird. Yeah, I'm just giving yeah. you guys a hard time. I know. <laughs> Console war is there. Alive. Really, he's just sad he doesn't have a PS5. So that's. I do not care. Yeah. Well, this is this is, I think, the game that finally, uh, for people who don't have a competent PC, and even for those people, sounds like the Deathloop PC version isn't amazing. Uh, I think this is a reason to get a PS5. Like Ratchet and Clank, also fantastic. Returnal, also fantastic. But this is. Uh, it's funny I was talking about how Psychonauts 2 was my easy game of the year pick and this has supplanted it almost immediately as much as I love Psychonauts 2 this just clicks with me in a in a really great way the the aesthetic is wonderful the writing is wonderful um it uh it feels very inspired by the recent Hitman games actually in the the sort of tone and the way that they're really good at making you absolutely hate the targets and making them come off as the worst scum that you're excited to to hunt down. Hmm. It's really fun. Um yeah, highly highly recommended. I really love Deathloop and I say you should check it out especially during a time when it's really active with people playing as juliana trying to hunt you down that's uh that's my piece um sorry to take up so much time with something y'all haven't played but uh hopefully eventually uh at least zach can borrow my copy and uh give it a look well when they take denuvo off of it i'll probably get it oh sure (laughs) (laughs) that's what causes all the performance problems yep and that'll probably be in like a month or two so Oh, no. No, no, no. I think that because of the software contracts, they usually keep them on there for like a year. Oh, geez. Yeah. And but- and uh, it should be noted, this is a PS5 console exclusive, but I believe that exclusivity contract is a year. So you could probably just get it on Xbox in a year. Yeah, well, and they'll probably it'll be probably like, part of Game it'll Pass, be, right? Here's yeah. on Game Pass, yeah. so I will put right. it on Game Pass next year. <laughs> yes, worth mentioning, this is an Xbox Game Studios game uh, because Bethesda, which owns Arcane, is now owned by Microsoft. So. Oh, also, so then, yeah, I'll play Psychonauts it next year. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah, Psychonauts <laughs> I enough. played for free through Game Pass, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, but it was put um, on PlayStation through Xbox yeah. Game Studios, which is very funny. So they've yes. had two really successful games come out on PlayStation. On PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, the show is coming out on Xbox. Yeah. What a strange world oh, we live in. It's out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been out. Yeah. And very successful. Oh, yeah. But like, uh, like it, it is out. Uh, it is coming out in perpetuity on Xbox. It yep. is the, yeah. Yeah, when you boot it up, the first thing you see is PlayStation game. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation <laughs> games, right? What's their uh, Probably Sony. Sony. Sony Studios. Sony Computer know. Entertainment of America or something. Um, no, that's no, the it's, PlayStation Studios like logo that comes up. Is the first thing that comes up. Boy, this this reminds me of the days when. Uh, back in the PS2 and Xbox era where I think it was one of the Def Jam uh, fighting games, uh, but there was a Lil Wayne song that said the word PlayStation in it, and on the Xbox version of the soundtrack, that was censored. <laughs> it's like, how far Leaped we've come out. since then. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Oh, God. Uh, good. But 
Anyway, Garrett, what have you been playing? Well, speaking of Game Pass, um, I loaded up Fable Anniversary because, I don't know, I just kind of felt like playing a, a really lighthearted action RPG, and I, I played through the first Chicken game chaser. multiple times. Chicken <laughs> chaser. So immediately, so it's Fable Anniversary, which is still kind of older now. And it was supposed to fix like a bunch of things, but really it kind of broke the game. I, I think it, I was gonna oh. say I think Fable Anniversary is worse than the regular version. It's so bad. Yeah. Oh yikes! Um, and I was trying to remember how to play it. I picked up a save after like the first two hours, which I think are the most boring part of the whole game. And I tried to play the combat, and I'm like, how how do you do this? I I just <laughs> I just can't. And the camera just <laughs> snaps uh. all around. You'd get if you were motion sick, you would absolutely vomit playing you know trying to lock on and fight it's just ridiculous and um and it doesn't even look that good either like i'd yeah. rather just play the the old one with like the soft lighting and the and the weird kind of edges um is on anniversary the, the only one on game pass i believe so yes. uh, of the obviously i know two uh, and three are on there but of the original yeah. uh-huh. i would not be and surprised that's a bummer because yeah. i think Man, it's been a long time since I've looked at it, but I think Lost Chapters is the best version. Yeah, I've got that on PC because uh, Anniversary never came out on Steam. So uh, before they switched to like Xbox Game Studios and Game Pass and everything, they had a sale and it was like $2. So I'm going to go back and play the Lost Chapters rather than Anniversary because I can play it on PC. Yeah. Probably mod the hell out of it too. Some some diehard Fable fan, OG Fable fan out there has made like a 4K <laughs> texture pack for. <laughs> Man, I love yeah. the first Fable. That game is so fun. Um, you know, it it doesn't live up to the crazy hype that it you know and all the promises that uh, old old Peter made, but um, <laughs> that game is so fun, and I love the the. Um, my brain is not functioning at the moment. The system that makes you determines whether you're good or evil. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that yeah. system, and I love the different effects and interactions in the world with it, and how there are certain things that are locked behind how good or how bad you are. I also love that as you play, you get older, and you can just be like an old man running around. Like my mm-hmm. guy was like bald with a big beard at, at the end of the game, and <laughs> and if um, you eat a bunch of food, you get fat. Yeah, yeah. and you can like. <laughs> If you're like, oh shit, I need to get evil real quick, just eat a bunch of chickens. You're just like, yeah, just like, like live them. chickens. Yeah, yeah. And they just crunch. Or you can run up into a town and just fart on everybody. That works too. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, I love the game. It's, it's one of the few games I've ever played through um, more than once. And I, I think I played through it three times. Um, wow. Because I really, really enjoyed it when I was younger. And I've returned mm-hmm. to it since. And it's still, it's still enjoyable. Like it's, it's dated, obviously. But, yeah. Um, Still super fun and lighthearted, and I love the yeah. comedy in the game. I love how silly it is, but I also really enjoyed the, uh, like the magic system. I thought was was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot to like in those fable games. I never really connected with the comedy. It was always too sort of juvenile for me. I'm not. Uh, not not to sound too. Uh huh. Yes, I'm. I may have been the more refined. When I played it, so it might have <laughs> just struck me perfectly. So yeah, and I think I was probably about 15 when I played uh, 14 or 15 when I played Fable 2, which was my intro to the series. Though I played some of Fable 1 also, uh, and the combat was fun but a little loose. And I thought, you know, I would rather just go and play more Oblivion, and so. <laughs> 
that's generally Ooh. what I did. I hate Oblivion. <laughs> uh, Fable Two was I I liked it for the most part, and then like the end game is based on like these like social skills, so you have to go like dance for a bunch of people or scare a bunch of people, and it was really it just had a list of uh, really dumb things you had to do to finish the game. Yeah, and then three was really cool because you could do co op uh, on the same screen or online. It, it oh, was fun. very it was very strange. You would you would. Um, if you weren't the host, you would play as a mercenary and they had like certain mercenaries had like certain weapons and then any gold that you picked up would go back to your character. So you never played your main character. So only one person could progress at a time, but you could, you know, still bomb around with them and play either uh, couch co-op or um, on the internet. So it was okay. Um, it's not the greatest, but yeah, the original fable is the, like one of the first games that I played on Xbox because yeah yeah I read about it for months and months and was like oh this is supposed to be the coolest thing and I really wasn't into RPGs at the time and uh it just holds a special place in my heart but not Fable Anniversary so I'm going to go back to the Lost Chapters on PC eventually um other than that yeah I, I I saw sitting on my shelf collecting a little bit of dust I uh, went and saw Shang-Chi and was like, oh, I'm in a Marvel mood. And I always mm-hmm. play Marvel versus Capcom and all the Marvel fighting games. But I saw I saw um, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 sitting on my uh, shelf of Switch games. And I remember the game being pretty grindy, but I finished the main story and was like, okay, I don't have to go back to it. Uh, and then I remembered that I bought the DLC pack for it, which includes like 12 extra characters and like those oh, extra fun. scenarios. And I was really excited to go and play because my understanding was that there was a, um, a Marvel Knights expansion, uh, there was an X-Men expansion, and then there was a Fantastic Four expansion. Well, they didn't actually add any story to the game. They added like these weird one-off scenarios um, called Gauntlets. Um, didn't add anything like new. And then they added a new difficulty on top of the already hard difficulty <laughs> Um, and that adds special like Midnight Suns enemies, like vampires and other things. And Spooky boys. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I did Spooky not want to grind through everything. I just started. Uh, I just started playing. I picked up a team, and I was like, "Oh man, this game is just kind of fun. Like a little button masher, but you got to set up your teams, and your teams have different synergies depending on their um, keywords, which you guys are very familiar with keywords." Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it's got a really big roster of characters. I haven't unlocked all the characters yet, but I did beat the main story, and I just need to grind and climb through the other modes and unlock the other characters as well and, and check it out. But, um, yeah, I played that for, like, maybe an hour, and then I finally checked out Fightcade Online. I know I've mentioned Fightcade. Um, it's an online arcade emulator with uh, with Netplay, and got to play with one of my friends we played marvel versus capcom online with uh rollback netcode and it was mm. awesome number it one not really two awesome number one not two yeah number two just got rollback netcode didn't code quite through. take his friend for a ride yet <laughs> <laughs> i was like you got he's he doesn't really play fighting games but um ah. got him to play showed him and his son uh, fighter z the other week i think i talked about that and they bought it it went on sale the next day for ten dollars on switch and so they're like uh yeah we got we gotta buy this this game is crazy <laughs> and then um, 
I set him up with Fightcade because he's building his own arcade stick in, and um, we played the other night, and it's just it's just a blast. It's so much fun. So if you have patience for for emulators and stuff, I'd I'd look up Fightcade. Um, it's a group of uh, five developers who make this on their own, and they have a Patreon, and you can unlock some extra perks with the service um, if you pay every month. But um, yeah, it's it's great. It's free, and if you have a little bit of patience for setting up controllers and emulators and and um, looking up a couple guides, then you'll be set. It's uh, it's pretty cool to play classic arcade games online with good net play. Hmm. That's yeah. really cool. That does sound cool. I saw that um, the uh, the point system that we talked about recently for Marvel versus Capcom two was just implemented in some emulators. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, yeah, Which I the, think is really cool. The Flycast and developers and the Null DC Bear, uh, which is another Dreamcast slash Naomi edit, uh, emulator, they added it in there. Um, so there's like a mod that you have to put into the ROM, uh, but those two emulators uh, will give you rollback netcode with Marvel vs. Capcom 2 as well. And it's in beta, yeah. but it seems to work great. I haven't played any yeah. online matches, but the, the folks that I watch like, um, uh, Justin Wong and Maximilian dude and jam crofts, they've all been playing online and they're like, this is amazing. This is yeah. just like being in the arcade. This is so cool. That's cool. It looks, it looks really cool. And it's funny seeing the, it's practically a tier list because each character is given a points allotment, uh, between one and five, except for roll who's zero, uh, <laughs> uh poor roll. And, Rolls uh, trash. Yeah. Um, and you're allowed seven total points. So you can take a, a level five uh, or a five point character and then two one point characters. Um, the characters that I chose entirely at random, well, not entirely at random, but arbitrarily uh, when we played, were all one point characters. So, <laughs> yeah. I had <laughs> a six point go. team and he had a three point team. So, yeah. very balanced. indeed but i could have had a 15 point team if i had picked differently so who uh who knows but you got to know how to use the 15 point team Uh exactly that too um so yeah i I think that's really cool that they're taking a an old game with wonky balance and rebalancing it but in a way that doesn't disturb the way that it was designed like it it uh it determines your uh team building but not the way that the actual characters function so they're not mucking with the code and the the numbers which i think is really neat it just breathes new life into a really old game where you would see the same 10 people or the same 10 characters fighting each other at every tournament for the last 15 years yeah yeah good stuff but uh yeah that's that's all i got for this week um Looking forward to playing some more Torment. I, I need to get back on there. I, I had a really good three-hour burst the first time I played it, and then I was nice. like, okay, all right. It, but it's definitely one where you got to set aside some time to play. It's not one that you can just pick up and play 10 minutes and then put it down. And um, so you i got to have a chance to read. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very interested to see um, or to listen to Zach's experience because he's playing on Switch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah it little, sounds rough. a little different because – Instead of, like, obviously I don't have a mouse, so instead of clicking on stuff, it's auto-targeting, which is fine for the most part, but occasionally I found some stumbles where 
I'm trying to target something very specific, and it's just targeting the thing behind it. And I'm like, God damn, uh, fucking bitch. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> and, Terrible. And I've, like, walked back and forth in a circle and, like, try to figure it out. So it's, I mean, that's not been common by any means, but it's uh, it has been a thing that's happened. And I don't know if I'll replay through the entire thing, but I at least want to play to the point where I can get to one of the companions that I never met before that's very easily missable. You basically have to like buy a puzzle box and go into this maze, optional maze area. You have to buy some chicken and then you go him. find Leroy Jenkins. Yep. <laughs> but uh, get a rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I am excited for that. Um, it's just, it's such a cool game with a lot of depth and a lot of choice. And I'm super excited to hear what y'all did. Because I, I made some choices and I made some mistakes that I'm glad I did um, because it, it's sort of like I was coming at it from an approach of it's a video game. I want to collect all the companions um, and I want to see all these characters. And uh, then that kind of backfired on me in the way that it does if you like have a person that you trust enough to travel with and uh, and they're and they don't deserve it. So. It's it's good stuff. I don't want to spoil too much, but definitely well, check it I'm, out. I'm I'm three hours in and I've made mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I already I already know. Like you you click on a dialogue option, you go, Yeah, I fucked uh, that up. Whoops. <laughs> say I'm not say, I, and then I just go, I'm too tired to save scum and I'm <laughs> I'm riding with this choice. I, yeah. See, I, I think I may cool. have mentioned on the show before, but I I prefer just rolling with the choice. I don't usually reload my saves when I make a mistake like that. I just roll with it. I'm like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Like, it's a mistake I made. I don't want to to revert it just to get the good option. I'm just gonna see what happens. I'm gonna let it play out. I'll talk about it more in our retrospective because uh, I don't want I don't want to get too crazy into it. But there's a reason that I'm save scumming in this game. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and it's called. It's old. It's called. It came out in nineteen ninety <laughs> yeah. fucking five it's or whatever. Old. Yeah, ninety seven, I think, but still <laughs> ninety seven for PC games. Man, um, yeah. For also, for story it's based choices, on AD and D. So yes, get get your Thaco ready. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, I uh, I will generally save scum for gameplay stuff. Because, I mean, what's the difference between that and just checkpointing? Um, but for story things, if I make a, an honest mistake, I'll try to roll with it. But there will be times like um, uh, like in Persona 5, I chose a dialogue option that I miss. I, I didn't realize was going to be the romance dialogue option uh, for a character I did not want to romance. So I You're not uh, allowed to romance the cat. It's bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, specifically, I had met a character that I knew I wanted to to be my character's only girlfriend, because um, you can date everyone in uh, in that game, and there will be some dialogue <laughs> about it, but uh, it doesn't. Like... Yeah, that's what happened to me in Persona Four. Yeah, yeah. Challenge accepted. I just I just became a man whore. <laughs> I was like, there you go. I'm just gonna see all these through to the end. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Great. Um. But yeah, so I, I had met someone that I was interested in, and then I accidentally started this romance with a different character, and I thought, oh no, I can't do that. So I went back to the last save and chose the other option, which I now 
knew the context for, um, but it was very vague at the time. So that's the kind of thing I'll save scum. But if I, if I understood the choice I was making and made one that I regret, I try to stick with it because I think it's interesting to see how it, how it goes. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but I love games that give you the, the really tough decisions and they just make you feel terrible. Like in, it's like two bad options and you're just like, oh, I don't like either one, yeah. but I have to do it. The Walking Dead Assassin's, game was really good. I'm going to say Assassin's Creed Valhalla had some of those where it's just it like, did. there was a couple of choices in that game where you're just like, I don't, I don't like either of these options. Like, do I have to pick one? Yeah. Or, or like there's there's one in particular, a romance option that comes to mind where you are betraying someone, whatever you do, and you just have to decide who you care about more and whose yep. allegiance you you care about more. Um, I just went with my heart on that one, but I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, Telltale was always great about that with like The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us had a lot of great well, all these options suck, but we got to do something. Choices. I need to play through those games. Like I've tried a couple of times to get through some of them, and it's just, man, something about the the Telltale games don't grab me. But I know that they're supposed to be really good, so I need to. I think I need to just like brute force my way yeah. through the beginning until it gets its hooks in. Yeah, and I really enjoyed A Wolf Among Us. That's the only one that I could get all the way through. Batman, Have you read any like of Fables, Garrett? Yeah, mm-hmm. I okay. read a lot of Fables. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I uh, was like, oh cool, Bigsby. That's one of my favorite characters. So yeah. cool, I get to play. I get to play as him, and it was really really fun. And then I was like, hot off of that, I tried The Walking Dead, and I just I couldn't really get into it. I think that's because I was on zombie and Walking Dead burnout, which I yeah. still am to this day. Fair. And then I tried uh, Batman, and Batman was very good, but it was like very. I don't know the things that I don't like about Batman stories and and, and like kind of like outside of the comics, I feel like media mediums that are not, let me, uh, how do I put this? If it's not like a DC comic, there's a certain DC-ness to all of their shows, all of their movies, all of their games. And it just goes through to this. It's just like, it's kind of hokey and ham fisted and I know that it's supposed to be that way, but it just, I don't know. It just wasn't fun. I played all the Arkham games and was like, Ooh, it's a very like story focused Batman game where, you know, I'm not actually having to do any of the actions. I'll just sit and watch the story. It just, it just didn't grab me. Maybe I'll circle back to it at some point, but I don't know if I could do the walking dead. The one I remember one that I did try and I absolutely hated was the game of Thrones one. Like it was so bad. Mm. I think I played like an hour of it and I said, Nope, that's I'm good. I don't need to play any more of this one. Yeah, I never gave that one a try. The main ones that I played were Walking Dead Season One and The Wolf Among Us. Uh I always wanted to check out the Borderlands one because I heard that was very good. But... Oh yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. Yes. Oh, um, I guess speaking of real fast, I guess I'll circle back and add one to mine. I watched at the Sony conference that they did, the or the online, whatever it was, the online thing they did. They yeah. showed some gameplay from Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and it looks so cool. Like it made me want to get it. I think I mentioned before I wasn't super interested in it, but <laughs> watching this gameplay, I was like, man, I really want this game. This game looks and awesome. The, the trailer music was "Give Me Chocolate" by yeah. Baby Metal. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that song. Okay, I need to check this out. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, uh, it, it looks so silly and fun, and and I I think that trailer alone may have changed my mind on the game because I I wasn't <laughs> particularly interested in it, but after watching that, I'm like, mm, this looks like a good time. I think I want to get in on this. That's delightful. Oh man, <laughs> ah, baby metal, baby metal's great. Yeah, that came out of left field, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and. If you've listened to our E3 special, uh, I talk at length about the game mechanics and stuff, so I won't go over that. But yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, check it out. It's um, <laughs> it's a it's a meta game, right? It, yeah. They're playing D and D inside of Borderlands, so it's gonna be. It's a cool little concept, and it yeah. fits really well with the thing that Borderlands and in particular Tiny Tina's character does well of like playing into knowing what kind of story it's in and just being goofy and fun fourth wall breaking. I think that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. but that's it. That's all I've got. Fantastic. So uh, let's go to the question of the episode, which dovetails very well into Borderlands. Um, This uh, question comes from Kale. So thank you for that one. And uh, not the vegetable, our friend. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad laugh, that got some. I laugh particularly hard because he fucking hates that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Fantastic. My gosh. Um, yes. So, anyway, Kale's question, sorry for that, is uh, what is your favorite go to game for local co op? So, yeah, Zach, it looks like you have an answer. Um, kind of, and I'll say kind of because I don't, hey man, I haven't played a co-op game in forever, uh, like a local co-op game. Um, come uh, on, man. You know the best game. We played it like last year. (laughs) X-Men Legends for the Xbox. Hey. I thought you were going to say Baldur's Dark Alliance, and I was like, oh, that would have been a better answer. Was that that the best really? When I just died and then you just ran in circles until I revived? (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called survival it's a strategy uh Fantastic. no um so i i think of when i think of local co-op i think of uh back in the day when i was uh like more like xbox 360 or early xbox era when yeah uh, me and my buddy kevin would play through a bunch of games together um you know as we've gotten older and life has gotten more busy that is not a thing as much and so uh, any more any local like split screen games I play are more like Mario Kart. You know, it's it's not co op. Um, so I think my answer is simple because it it's uh, it's probably Halo. Like when I think mm-hmm. of games I want to play cooperatively locally, it's it's a Halo campaign, and I would play through any of them. I really look forward to playing through Infinite whenever that you know co op <laughs> campaign comes out. Apparently that's being delayed, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean. Those are great. They're so much fun, and uh, the stories are usually good. I say usually because five was kind of a mess and pretty garbage, but um, it's it's fun, and it's it's always a challenge to go through and play on the higher difficulties, like trying to get through on legendary or activating any of the skulls and seeing how far you can get with those turned on. And all enemies are invisible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God um yeah I, I i particularly love just turning on the very silly uh grunt birthday party one so that when you headshot things they explode into confetti so that's... i was about 
to reference that as the main skull that I ever used. Cause yeah, that's that's it, probably the one I've used more often than any other, just because it's fun and it's silly. But they they explode into confetti, and there's an amazing "hooray" sound effect <laughs> that I loved. I yeah, so much fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll say Halo. Halo. Um. Yeah. Any of them, but I'll say if I had to pick one in particular, Halo One, just because it's the one I've played through probably yeah. the most. Um. Cooperatively. Uh, and locally. It's also the one that you own the most. <laughs> yeah. I, I also own the most copies of it, so yes. Amazing. I, yeah, you you kind of uh, took my answer, because Halo is also very high on the list for me. When I think of local co-op, I think of Halo, and I think of Gears, uh, specifically Gears 2 uh, and the Horde mode in that, um, mm-hmm. which I had a lot of fun playing uh, local co-op. It, you can also do it online, but um, yeah, there's there's that that too, and um, yeah, the those are the two games that really really come to mind. But uh, another one that I really love, um, and this I don't remember if you can do local co op on PS3 for this, but I know I at least did local co op in the sense of just sitting in the other room from someone or across the room from someone playing it, which is Portal Two. Uh, the co-op mode in that was really fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can do uh, couch co-op. Yeah. It's got split screen. I played yeah. it on PC, so I actually have no idea. Yeah, split I... screen is not on PC, but console versions it is. Yes, so I, I'm i pretty sure I did that now that I think of it. Um, I got the PS3 version, which gives you the PC version for free, because that, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but that's not? that was pretty cool. Um but yeah, the co-op puzzles, uh, I thought were really well done and they had just enough. Um, they gave each player just enough agency where people, specific players had things to do, but it wouldn't put too much of the burden on one player or another. So if there was one player who was better at figuring out the puzzles, they could do more of the work. Um, but you still needed both of you to, to get things done. Um, and I'll, I'll mention one game that I tried to play couch co-op and ended up having a worse experience with. Battletoads. Um, ooh, yikes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I have not had the misfortune of having played Battletoads yet, but uh, th- this is actually a similar sort of game, which is Cuphead. Um, I, I like that game a lot. I'm pretty bad at it i'm stuck about three quarters of the way into it but i tried playing co-op to see if it would make it easier and it in fact makes it much harder um yes it does yeah so don't don't do that unless you are really secure in your relationship with whoever you're playing (laughs) with because there will be some blame laid at each other's feet yeah it's worse than mario party at destroying relationships of all kinds yeah, because Mario Party, it's luck, and you can tell yourself it's luck. Cuphead, There's no luck when you Mario Party, it's all skill. Yeah, oh, <laughs> true skill. But yeah, Cuphead, if somebody screws up, they screwed up, and they know it, and you know it, and it's gonna exist between you, unspoken, even if nobody says it. So, don't do that. Yeah, Cuphead, that that's a tough one. I would say, yeah, that that one and Overcooked uh, uh, might be the two relationship-ending games. <laughs> yeah. I, 
It's funny you say that. I just bought Overcooked for PS5 specifically to play with my wife. So we nice. will yeah. we'll test this and theory. Good luck with that. Zach, Zach sent me a picture. I think he sent us both the picture in the chat. You know, uh, hey, look at look at this Overcooked collection. And I said, um, oh, you picked up Divorce Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> That's no simulator. That's just Divorce Enabler. <laughs> divorce it, Enabler. Hey, it was $10 on the Best Buy $10 day thing. And I was like, hey, 10 bucks for the PS5 version that comes with the first and second game i'm down for that and uh, it's a it's a fun yeah. and challenging game and we'll see uh, yeah. how this goes we'll see how this goes <laughs> o- overcooked collection ten dollars divorce lawyer thousands of dollars lifelong loneliness priceless <laughs> uh yes so garrett uh what's uh what's your pick for local co-op games well we've heard about halo we've heard about portal 2 but you guys haven't talked about the best couch co-op game that has ever existed. Uh oh. That is Castle Crashers. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot think of a better game that no matter what kind of mood you're in, you sit down, you throw a controller at somebody, you're like, play this. You don't have yeah. to explain it. It is just off the wall craziness. And then as you start to play it more seriously, it's like, oh man, this game has a lot of depth for a, a side scroll, a side scroller beat em up. And then you have like, 20 something characters and secret characters that you can unlock and just crazy boss fights and you know it's just it's just wacky and i yeah. love everything that behemoth does um so yeah. it, it's got it, it it's a it's a fantastic not just fantastic the best co-op, <laughs> co-op game throwing down the gauntlet yeah, it's it's Throw worth it noting. I generally don't like side-scrolling brawlers. I, something about them just feels unsatisfying and thin. Um, but I enjoyed this game, even though I didn't really love playing it because the art is so fun and the style is great. And I just wanted to see what was coming up next. So see? I still really enjoyed it. See, it's the side scroller beat 'em up to destroy all side scroller beat 'em ups. It's funny totally. that you you say that because I was just about to say uh, I wanted to give a quick uh, nod to Double Dragon Two for the NES because I <laughs> played many hours of that with my cousin at our grandparents' house. Um, we would play through that game together, and it was so much fun. Um, I don't know if it's aged well. I haven't played it in many many years, <laughs> but. Well, I can tell you, Castle Crashers is like if you played Double Dragon, except for you are on acid. <laughs> I've played Castle Crashers. That game is great. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> I thought you were like the last co-op game I played was <laughs> <laughs> Double Dragon with my, yeah, my last, house. Actually, the last co-op game I played was with you. <laughs> yeah, didn't no. you play A Way Out recently? Yeah, we played no. like three hours of it or so. We're still in prison. Oh, there we you have go. Not, no, we we have out. not escaped. Yeah, we got out. Zach, it's illegal. You can't say you escaped prison. Oh, we didn't uh, escape prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're still there. Shh. <laughs> yeah, we're about halfway through. We got it. We got another uh, session. We got to go through to probably finish it. But nice. That's no, pretty cool. We, let's see. Are we gonna finish it between Dragon Warrior two and three? Sure. I'm All down. Right. Nice. Let's do it. That, oh. That'll be your gap game. What? <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> one more thing I want to mention. Um, yeah, that that reminded me of the Splinter Cell Conviction co-op 
I I love Splinter Cell Conviction. There's a lot of things that are really great about that game, but the co-op mode is pretty fun. Uh, the way that they make the stealth mechanics work with two players, and the way that you can sort of coordinate and strategize is a lot of fun. And it has a, a fun ending that I won't spoil uh, because saying the thing that's cool about it will spoil the thing that's cool about the ending of A Way Out. So, I have only played one Splinter Cell game, and it's the first one. Ooh, you should Ooh. play Conviction. I love Conviction. It's a really well-made game. It's really slick uh, with the mechanics where it's not quite as demanding as, say, Chaos Theory, which I like a lot but is a lot to get into. Um, Chaos Theory is my favorite. Yeah, Chaos Theory is really good, but I think Conviction is more approachable and more like fun. Like I wasn't thinking as much about the mechanics. I was thinking more about the strategy and it just has a great visual style and a great visual language of showing you, uh, information on the screen. Things like the last note, last scene position, a uh, little ghost that, that it leaves, uh, it leaves a little like, uh, shadow of your figure, um, in the last place that guards have seen you. So they'll like head to that area and you can sneak around and, and like, use that as a decoy um there's there's so much cool stuff in it uh i also find it really funny just how drunk michael ironside sounds in the <laughs> voice recording booth doing that that character i think that might have been the last uh performance that he did but he so maybe he was really drunk. out of it oh i i have to imagine he was but um it's it's pretty amazing yeah, I, I've wanted to play through the Splinter Cell games like uh, for a long time because I, I did really enjoy what I... I think I beat the... Man, the first time was a long time ago. I think I beat it, but um, I own the first three in their regular form, and then I think there's also on PS3 I have like some sort of an HD collection or something that I want to I wanna go mm. through those at some point. Um, I know Pandora Tomorrow is supposed to be really good. Um, I think That's it, the second one, second right? Second one? Yeah. 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 I beat one, two, and three, and I played probably hundreds of hours of the uh, Chaos Theory multiplayer on Xbox Live. Nice. Was yeah. Chaos Theory on? It was a 360 game, right? Or no, it was no. an original, original Xbox. Xbox. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they conviction... pumped those things out. I was trying yeah. to remember which one of the original Xbox ones had a really robust multiplayer, so it must have been that one. Yes, it was Chaos Theory. I played the single player for Chaos Theory, and then I played a whole bunch of. Uh, conviction i think i played through the story two or three times and played the the co-op campaign uh highly recommended i think that was the first 361 i could be wrong um but yeah that that game is great you should check it out i kind of want to go check it out again it was one of the first games i saw that did a thing that Deathloop also does which is projecting text onto the walls as like non-diegetic text uh, so it'll, it'll show like your objective or some little thing about what you're doing, like on the wall in the universe. And that was, that was cool and weird at the time. Uh, yeah. Deathloop does that all the time. There are these little, um, it's like a voice in your head. Um, so Deathloop is stealing from Tom Clancy. Whoa. Ultra clickbait headline. <laughs> Check it now. <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, there, there's a million games I can think of that were great co-op local experiences, yeah. but nothing nothing recent. Like, all of the ones that come to mind come from a, like, very specific time in my life when me <laughs> and my buddy Kevin and his brother Kyle, we were playing through these games together, um, and we were going through, like, 
conflict desert desert storm comes to mind and it's like not a particularly great game but it's a game i have a lot of fondness for and so that's the stuff that i think of a lot of the recent games that i can think of that are great couch games are competitive stuff like ultimate chicken horse and samurai gun towerfall that are local competitive games that uh you can kind of play as much or as little of as you want they're great party games because it's all in terms of matches and not uh you don't have to worry about like leaving a story just sitting there um yeah i think couch co-op has kind of gone gone away as stuff has gotten more advanced um it's you know and as people couch co-op less it's more any any more local uh, local play games are competitive like you're saying it's, it's very rare yeah. i feel that you get a true co-op experience locally i think you see a lot of local only games uh coming out of indie studios that are not wanting to spend the time and resources to develop netcode uh and uh often you will find that they don't want to uh, spend the resources to develop AI either, which makes a local competitive thing really easy because you are providing your own enemies. Um, like uh, like Samurai Gun comes to mind, like that game was super economical to make uh, and is really good. And it's this stripped down bare bones thing um, that is just fantastic at the thing that it does, which is local competitive. Let's make a local competitive game called Squatch Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Squatch Hunter. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, I guess randomly, uh, let's let's segue into this the uh, beer segment here at the end. Uh, I nice. tried. There is a brewery called Sasquatch uh, in Oregon, and I had a hey. hazy IPA from them uh, when I was down there this past weekend, and it was delicious. And so, I want to try to find more of their beers so I can bring one on the show. Fantastic. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, as far uh, as the Drecker Brains, I mean. Uh, as you said, Nick, I have nothing more to say that I didn't say already. It's delicious. Yeah. I finished it. I want more. Yeah, same. It's amazing. It's it's an Oddwalla smoothie or like a Bolt House Farm smoothie, uh, but with booze in it. It's fantastic. I instantly regret my last sip as I savored it <laughs> for oh. as long as I could. Yeah. But just now it's all, all gone. Just held it in your mouth as slowly trickles down your throat. And you're like, no, it's yeah, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not Stay. even joking. I did that. Until I had to talk. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Oh. So find so who, this if who's you gonna can. drive down to Portland to buy more. <laughs> we'll we'll have to plan a trip because that's an easy one for us to do and and we, we know people down there can meet up with them. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Ah, wonderful. Well, yeah, that's that's it for us. Um thanks for, for listening. Uh, you can check out the show on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, occasionally Twitch. You can uh, send us emails, uh, like if you want to chew me out for not liking Practical Magic, uh, at cohopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, anything you send in might be read on the show, so be forewarned. Um, but yeah, send us your thoughts, all your your things that you want to say. Uh, and if you want to find us in particular, uh, you can find us at our personal social media presences. Where can they find you, Zach? I'm on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K, has no pants. Excellent. And how about Garrett? Uh, Gmank16 on Twitter and Instagram. 
Fantastic. You can find me at nprinzing on Twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on Instagram. Uh, I've been trying to talk more on Twitter as I've been watching movies. Movies have been a lot of fun, and it's something that I am not worried about spending my podcast material on. So that's probably what I'll be tweeting about (laughs) for the foreseeable future. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and find this beer if you can. It is incredible. This is probably my favorite thing that we've had on here. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye.